What's the word, y'all? What's the word? What's the word? All right, y'all know, man. Welcome to the show. You know, we're trying a lot of things differently, man. This week, we wanted to do something live. There's a lot of stuff going on in the NBA. Y'all notice I haven't been doing recaps because I wanted to do this big old segment today. So we got a lot of things planned. We're going to talk playoffs. We're going to talk Celtics. They're not in the playoffs no more, but things are going on. We got guests along the way. We super excited. Let's just let's just get into it. Boy, so focus, you notice my trash day from the local like Dane Bay. Tell him I gotta go and get the money, good cause the money won't pay me. If anybody really think they no ballin', well please tell him come to Bay May. Or you can go to YouTube and search card game, watching an HJ, y'all. And that's game. So yesterday we had a historic performance by Damian Lillard, one of the greatest playoff games I have ever seen. And today we're gonna talk about that with our special guest. Zach Hollins of the Portland Trailblazers, Power Force, Center Combo. He do a little bit of everything. Welcome to the show, Zach. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is great, man. I appreciate you taking the time. One of the first things we want, I want to talk about is yesterday's performance because uh, you, you, you aren't able to play right now because you're going through injury and, and getting back healthy. But what was it like in the arena to watch Dame do the things he did? Yeah, I mean, his... I mean, I've been here for four years, and the dude, dude keeps uh, surprising me. Um, the, the, he just uh, the 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 difficulty of the shots he's hitting, and the pressure that's on his shoulders, and uh, the fact that you know, you know, when you're a top player in this league, everybody's game plan against you every night. You know, like it's it, you know being a, a guy you know, coming off the bench or just, a, you know, a role player, you know, they're game planning for you. But, you know, the, the, the plan is to stop Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. So and, he, and he's going out there and he's he's delivering like that and making it look really easy. And that's how you know it's not easy. Uh, it's it's amazing. Um, it sucks that we didn't get a win, though. I know I know him. Yeah, that's all he's worried about. So all that doesn't mean anything to him unless we get the win. So um, but it was amazing to watch. What's your progression like? Everyone knows you've been sitting out due to injury. We saw that you were getting some shots up before last game. So do you have a timetable? Um, for me personally, it's just, it's from the beginning when we redid this, you know, when I refractured my ankle back in uh, Jan or December, uh, it was going to be a four to six month process. So we're coming up, I think I'm like, like five, close to five and a half months now. So um you know, and that six month, that six month mark is more of a a timeline for me to to come out and start playing against contact and all that. So six month isn't isn't a hard time for me to you know come back. It's more of just a a baseline for okay, now we can start you know ramping things up on the court and going up against defenses and whatnot. So that's where I'm at. So I want to kick it back to 2019 because you guys went on a crazy run to the conference finals, and in that y'all did meet. The, the Denver Nuggets on that run. Of course, you plan against them again right now. You got some okay experience guarding Jokic, probably the league MVP. So what are you guys talking about in the in the locker room when it comes to guarding Nikola Jokic? You guys like that, you got to make it just hard on him. Uh, we know that, like you said, he's probably going to be the MVP of the league, and we just have to make him work hard. We have to make every every time he scores has to be, you know, the most difficult shot for him. And, you know, obviously we have, we have things that we look at as far as his tendencies and which directions he likes to go. But it's, when it comes to guys like that, and I'm sure they have the same mentality when it comes to guarding our guys, Damon, CJ, 
we have to guard, you know, he has to make, he has to see five defenders and it can't just be one-on-one. It has to be a team effort with those guys. And we have to, you know, when he's cutting through the lane, you know, they run a lot of actions for him to, um, to come to, to, to get to the block. So a lot of guys screening the big, our big man trying to get him open. So we got to make sure that the guards that are uh, behind those screens are, are bumping him a little bit and making just sure he's feeling bodies at all, at all times. And, um, you know, again, but guys like that, he, he's, you know, especially him because it's, it's tough to double a guy like that. Cause he's such a good passer. He's one of the best passers in the league, if not the best. So it's, it's, it's a balance between doubling him and, and staying home so that guys don't get open threes. So that, that's what, that's where we're at. They talk about his passing. There was a play yesterday that went viral on Twitter where he like looked off Robert Covington and made a pass to the corner. And I forget who ended up hitting the shot, but it was just like, his vision is ridiculous. You can't, I feel like it's just so hard to, to figure him out. Um, I mean, you guys have been trying to do it. You did it once upon a time, and that's how you got to the conference finals. Uh, but this year, I think this man is another beast. Yeah, I mean, again, it's, 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 it's tough. Um, some of the passes he makes, you know, as a fan of basketball, you sit there and you appreciate it. You know, it's frustrating going against him, but, you know, you got to appreciate the skill level and his skill level um, and, and his, his openness to pass to his teammates. You know, he's got to be a fun guy to play with. Um, but, we're, you know, our, our main focus is, is to stop him, and, uh, you know, we have to stop the role players as well because they've been getting hot. You got some legendary players in that locker room, man. Damian Lillard is going to go down as an all-time great. You got Carmelo Anthony, who's top 10 in scoring, and everybody loves Melo. What, what is it like in the locker room? The locker room is fun. It's a, a lot of great stories, uh, especially coming from Melo. You know, he's been through so much, and he's seen so much in this league, and he's seen how the game has changed from, you know, the early 2000s to where it is now. And just hearing his take on everything and hearing how, you know, he's had to adjust his game to, to, the, to the times now. And um, it's fun. And, you know, and guys like Dame and CJ, they, they both work extremely hard. And I've said it from day one, watching those guys work every day is, is very contagious. You know, there's no excuse. With all the money those guys make and uh, how, how much success they've had so far, and they still work uh, just as hard, if not harder than anybody, it, it shows you that you have no excuse. And it's, it's, very, it's very good for young guys like myself and especially, you know, rookies coming in to, to see that and to, to be around guys like that. And again, Dane being our leader, he's as real as they get. You know, there's no there's no fake to him. There's no fluff or anything. And what you see is what you get. So um, I think watching those guys, you have to realize that's the standard of, of a player and a leader that you should be in this league. Man, I appreciate you coming on to the show. Um, good luck on your injury recovery. Good luck to you guys in game six, because I think every NBA fan, unless I guess unless you're a Nuggets fan, want to see a game seven in the series, man. It's been one of the best ones out there. So uh, we appreciate you, bro. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Shout out again to Zach Hollis for stopping by. Uh, again, one of the most legendary performances I've seen in a very, very long time when it comes to uh, NBA playoff. The, the shots that Damian Lillard were hitting, we have not seen before. We talk about step backs and send it to overtime. Might have been a, a little phantom, phantom foul, you know what I'm saying? But we're not going to talk about that. Setbacks, double teams, off the glass. He just did a little bit of everything yesterday. So to hear it from first, first experience with somebody that was in the arena is dope, man. We re really appreciate him uh, coming by. A lot of stuff happened in the NBA, man. 
We're going we to get to some playoff talk, but earlier today, we saw out of nowhere, the Boston Celtics decided to make moves, man. They get eliminated from the playoffs last night, and we all knew it was coming. They actually, you know, they lucked out by taking it to five. Shout out to Jason Tatum for the 50, but we all knew that they weren't going to last in that first round, and just like that, they made some some big-time, big-time changes. But on our podcast, we were talking about the future of the Boston Celtics. And I think it was my guy, Mike, that was like, man, the way they play right now doesn't feel like Brad Stevens. It's not a Brad Stevens offense. It's too much ISO, too much this or that. And little did we know, uh, things were in the work for a minute for Brad Stevens to step away as the head coach. It was already rumored that, the, that Indiana had sent him a super bag to try to get him back into college basketball. He turned that down because they had different things in mind. Danny Ainge retires. I think that's official. He has retired and Brad Stevens is now the head of basketball ops. I did not see that coming at all. I know nobody else did either. So let's talk about the Boston Celtics and talk about Danny Ainge because I've, I've been seeing a lot of different takes about Danny Ainge's tenure as the, as the general manager, head of basketball operations, whatever you want to call it. I think it was a net positive. I know the last couple of years have been kind of kind of weird. Um, and I think that's what people try to focus on the last couple of years because, yes, they had a gazillion first-round picks. They were trying to trade up. They were trying to do this and that, and they, they didn't. Gordon Hayward left for literally nothing. Um, they had an opportunity to get Miles Turner, which is the type of big that they needed on this roster, and they decided not to. They decided to not do this sign-and-trade thing. So the last couple of years, yes, it has been Really, really tough for Danny Ainge. But I want to look at his, his career as the head of basketball ops as, like, a big umbrella because, yes, he, he has been struggling. Overall, you've you got an NBA championship. At the end of the day, everything we do on this show, <laughs> everything we want as a fan is that championship. He's been there for since 2003, 2004, and he's got one championship. He brought the Boston Celtics back to a championship after years, years of them not even being in contention. He pulled off the trades to get Kevin Garnett. He pulled off the trades to, to get Paul Pierce to help and, and Ray Allen. Yes, they ended with one championship, and maybe that was, that was a bit underwhelming, maybe. But they did end up getting that championship, and we have to talk about the biggest finesse job and possibly the history of basketball when it comes to getting all of that draft capital, all of those assets, when it came to trading Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. And I've been seeing people look back on that trade and say things along the lines of, oh, they didn't get enough. Oh, they didn't do this or that. Yes, they haven't won a championship since then, but you got Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum had four 50-point games this season. This season alone, he had four of them things. Four uh, 50-point games. Jalen Brown was a part of the Kevin Garnett Paul Pierce trade when it came to the Brooklyn Nets. They got another pick, and they used that pick to get Kyrie Irving. And I know the Kyrie Irving thing didn't go as planned, but all of that was the Brooklyn Nets thing. And, and now Steven Adams, oh, I'm sorry, um, um, Brad Stevens has to come in and figure out what's next. And I think that's the biggest thing. This is not a job that I think many people just walk into and be successful. A lot of people that end up getting these head of basketball operations and get to call the shots have been in front offices before. They've been assistants. They've been scouts. They've been doing all these other things. Brad Stevens has no experience there at all. And I think when we see this first move, which will be hiring a coach, we can kind of get a feel of what Brad Stevens can be as the head of basketball operations. They're looking at him to be the next Pat Riley. They're looking at him to be the next Pat Riley, to be a guy that's going to control the team, and if things ain't going great, well, I can suit up and be the coach again in six, seven years. But he has to start off with getting the right coach to start off with and try to figure out this roster because as of right now, the only two guys that should be safe on this team are the Jays. 
You love what Robert Williams was giving you, so I'm not saying he's untouchable, but it might take a lot to give him. People are saying that Marcus Smart should be untouchable. I think I think that's not true anymore. Yes, he is the hardest soul of the team, but I feel like you can replace that considering the hardest soul of the team. Still got your first-round exit. So a lot of stuff going on with the Boston Celtics, and I, I am super excited to see what the next couple of years look like for the Boston Celtics because it could be it could be really good <laughs> or it could be really, really bad. Um, the Kyrie Irving thing, Boston has been everywhere, man. These guys cannot stay out of the news, whether it be the fans, whether it be the organization, whether it be the players, they cannot stay out of the news at all. And it turns out that right after the game yesterday, that's when the rest of the team found out of what's going on with like Jason Tatum found out that, hey, Brad Stevens is not going to be my coach next season. And I guess Brad Stevens has been his coach his entire NBA career. Um, and, and people are saying that maybe he lost the locker room, that you, you've been a coach of an organization for eight years and he's had relative success. Of course, they haven't got the trophy, but they've been to multiple conference finals. And if I'm not mistaken, they've been the underdog in majority of those things. They may have been a favorite in that one year where LeBron was doing the things by himself. The one rookie season, Jason Tatum year, where he dunked on LeBron, they might have been the favorite. But even then, if you're going against LeBron, you aren't ever really the favorite. So um, relative success as a, as a coach. And I think all of us will put him towards the upper echelon of coaches in the NBA. But now we got to figure out what he does as the head of basketball operations. I'm curious to see what the, what the Boston Celtics fans Think about this, because I, I don't follow many Celtics fans on the timeline. This is live, so I'm looking at the I'm looking at the chat here. Somebody immediately said that Kevin Walker got to get traded. I I agree, but the only problem with trading Kevin Walker is that his contract is so big, and we've seen year after year this man is struggling to stay healthy. That is a negative asset. You can, there is no such thing as an untradeable contract. I think that has changed. I think we've seen people take over teams and immediately trade away untradeable contracts. But they usually have to attach something to it. Maybe a first round, maybe a couple second round. It's getting rid of Kimball Walker. You're not getting back value of the player that Kimball Walker could potentially be. That's enough Boston Celtics uh, talk, man. We'll get back to it once they decide who is going to be their coach. They're in no hurry whatsoever. I guarantee you that they will not hire a coach in the next couple months. I feel like they have to wait until after the playoffs are done because then you get all the assistance that you can interview. Um, and you never know, maybe a playoff coach becomes available. Next thing we want to talk about. Let's talk about the Lakers. No, 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 no. Let's talk about the Phoenix Suns because yesterday, them boys dominated. You know, them boys dominated. Devin Booker came out, dusted his hands off, and was like, this is going to be my game. Because for the most part, I would say Devin Booker hasn't been the player that me and you know Devin Booker can be so far in these playoffs. He had a couple good moments, a couple good games, but he's been playing at a good level. But in the last game, he played at that, that, that all-star level that we've all seen and we all know Devin Booker can do. So I, I really love the performance that he put on. But, but man, it's so hard to look at what they did yesterday and not immediately think about Chris Paul because, yes, they won. I don't know. Did they win by 30? When I turned off the game and I went to the other game, the Damian Lillard game, it was like a 30-point, and I, I didn't need to come back. So I don't know what they officially lost by. But when I see the Chris, Ball, Chris Paul thing go down, I immediately get worried, man, because, yes, you have a 3-2 lead going against a Lakers team that is missing their best player this series. I... Chris Paul being out is going to hurt. And I'm not saying he's not officially out. He did after he came without that injury. They set him on the sideline. That could have been for the multiple reasons. I mean, you're up by 30, so you don't need to play anymore. Or was he really like, you know what, I, I don't know if I really can play anymore. And maybe he talked about that in his post-game interview. I don't really know. Um, but him being out, it really determines this series. Now, injuries suck. Injuries completely suck. Luka, 
Joel Embiid, who we'll talk about a little bit later. Anthony Davis, who am I missing? Jalen Brown, of course, being down to Kimball Walker, Robert Williams. We've seen a lot of injuries happen in the last couple of weeks of basketball, but I don't know if any of them has been have been as big as Anthony Davis, right? Anthony Davis, objectively, has been the best player for the LA Lakers this series. We get we throw in out game one where he shot like one for nine or whatever. Well, we're throwing out that because right after that he dropped 30, 30. He was literally unguardable by the Phoenix Suns. And then he goes out with this injury and he says he wants to play. But of course you want to play, but can you who play? Because even just in the last game, he was trying to fight through this injury. He wasn't as effective as we know Anthony Davis can be. So even if they clear him to play, he's not playing at 100% capacity. He might be playing at 70% capacity. And maybe that's good enough to, to steal the game six and send it to game seven, but we don't really know. I have to say, LeBron hasn't been playing like LeBron James. It hurts to say that as, as, as a guy that loves LeBron James. It, he has not been playing like LeBron James. He took 19 shots the other day, last night. Ten of those were threes. Now, I'm not saying he should have taken threes because he had six. He was in 60%. But in that 19 shot attempts, he got to the free throw line zero times. Zero, zero times for LeBron James. Now, coming into the playoffs, he let us know, hey, I'm not going to be 100%. I just won't be 100%. And we kind of like, ah, you LeBron James, because even 80% is the greatest in the world. Even 75% is top five in all of, in the league right now. But you're really seeing that this man is not 100%. You have your star player being out, and then your other guy being not 100%. You need the others to step up to, to some, some capacity, right? Dennis Schroeder was, was trending on Twitter because he turned down four years, 80-something million dollars. And he shot 0 for 9 in a playoff game. He's the only Laker since they left Minneapolis to start a game, shoot 0 for 9 in a game. That, that's a lot of playoff games, by the way. The Lakers are, are always a playoff team. He is the only guy to ever do that. He turned down $80 million, though. Frank Vogel decided to start Markeith Morris and Andre Drummond together, and this is hindsight because if they end up winning this game, then we don't talk about this. But I can't help but to look at what LeBron James is doing or who the player that he is forming into in year 100 and, not, and say, like, hey, how are we not starting Marcus Saul? How do we not open a lane up for LeBron James? Because one of the reasons LeBron didn't get any free throw attempts, because it's hard to drive to the paint when you got Andre Drummond down there, bro. It really is. And then Marcus Saul ended up playing 10 minutes because by the time Marcus Saul gets into the game, it's already a 20 pointer. Like, why even play him at that point? So, yes, it is hindsight, but I, I think that Frank Vogel, if, if Anthony Davis is not playing for the next game, which is still up in the air, he has to figure out the starting lineup and the rotations associated with it. KCP also a down and injury. They think. He hasn't shot the ball well this series, but we all know what MVP, MVKCP can be. You saw him in the championship last year. He had a couple amazing games. He can, he can hit four threes in a game and immediately become the X factor in your game. So him being out is really, really tough. Injuries are tough, man. It's 100% a part of the game. It's not that we can do about it, but they suck. I'm going to keep looking at the chat. Somebody said that Andre Drummond is not playing the way Andre Drummond should be playing. Well, yeah, but, th but this is what you signed up for. <laughs> Everybody that's been watching Andre Drummond for the last year or so knows that Andre Drummond ain't the all-NBA player that somehow he got a couple years ago. You know? Like, I remember having a conversation on our podcast. Would you rather have Andre Drummond or Gorgie Zhang for the Lakers? And a lot of us, it was like, they should probably go after Gorgie Zhang on the buyout market. <laughs> Andre Drummond is good at a, a good at a certain amount of things, but bad at all the other things. If you need an offensive rebound, put Andre Drummond into the game. He can probably do that. 
If you need somebody that can switch into a guard and play a pick and roll, you should probably put someone else in the game. You know what I'm saying? Andre Drummond just doesn't do those type of things. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious to see how game six go. I think we're going to get another big game from Devin Booker. This Phoenix Suns need to look at game six as if it is game seven. Because even if Anthony Davis does come back, he's not going to be at 100%. And maybe if they lose this, if they go to game seven, Anthony Davis is close to 100%. They need to look at a game six like a game seven. We need to see if Chris Paul is going to be healthy. They need Cameron Payne to be the opposite of a tank master, which he's been doing this whole series. They need all these things, you know? They need all of these things. And I hate that an injury might be the determinant factor in a series that I think majority of people saw to be a six or seven game series. I hate to see an injury do those type of things. But I, I, it, it's a part of it, man. It's a part of it. So before we get to our next thing, we, we got to talk about some of the things we got going on behind the scenes. Because, yes, Zach Collins was the, the live guest. We have other guests coming onto the show. The first one being... Josiah Johnson. If you were part of NBA Twitter, you know Josiah Johnson. Drop it. Meme after meme after meme. And last time I was in LA, I had Josiah come onto the show. And of course, we had to talk about sneakers. So let's let's get to it. Josiah, welcome back to the show. Uh, let's let, let's see what he did. Ain't no stopping me when you know that I caught I want to I want to pivot here a little bit and ask you about about sports cards. Were you or are you a collector of of sports cards? I'm not, but I, I would certainly say I'm well versed slash educated in the industry. Um, I know, like, I know Panini and Prism, and I watch people do breaks all the time. And I can't say that I own anything other than some in this attic that I'm pointing to above me. There's a little square up there. There's a bunch of cards up right. there that may be worth a lot of money. Um, I need to go up there and figure that out. But yes, you do. You you never know. You never know. Some of the some of the craziest stories in the sports world are people going through old collections and finding a rookie Jordan or a rookie this player. You you should definitely go through that. I I'm going to it. It's way up there, so it's an adventure to go find it. But all the cards are from the 80s and 90s, so there could be a Jordan in there that I don't know of. It could be. Um, and uh, I, I've just got a gold mine sitting up there, and I might as well while the industry is hot because uh, yeah. I have been following it. And I certainly know if you score a, a Lamello sign something, I mean, it's going to be worth a, a lot of money, to say the least. For sure, for sure. So around here, we're big fans of sports cards, sneakers, and things like that. And we have this reoccurring segment where I, and typically my guests, if you were in person, we open up two packs, one pack each. And through the eight cards, we have to pick our starting five of the ones that we got. So I'm going to open your pack for you since you're, you're on, the, on the East Coast right now. I'm out, I'm out West. Okay. So let's see what we can potentially get on these ones. So remember, we're trying to build our starting five. The first one... Um, is Wilson Chandler, who I can't tell you completely if Wilson Chandler is still around in the league right now. Um, for sure, maybe not getting PT if he is on the roster. That is our first card. Then we have one of the top 25 players under 25, Mikel Bridges, one of my favorite players in the league. Then we have Markeith Moore Sr. and Quinn Cook. That is our, that is our four-card pack of this. And anybody stand out that you're excited about? Uh, I mean, the Mikael Bridges is probably worth the most just because he's at the beginning of his career and the potential that he has. Is that Quinn Cook of him waiting for the bus after the championship in the bubble? Because that would be a, worth a lot more uh, if it's that specific moment. 
I, w- I wish it was that moment, but unfortunately, we just have um, a moment of him laying the ball up as LeBron watches from the sideline. So, yeah, you know, it's not it's not the greatest. Looks like I'm going to be a Mikel Bridges. I might as well change my handle to a, what do the kids do nowadays at a world or SZN at the end of it? It's going to be a Mikel season. Yes, it's going to yeah. be my new burner. <laughs> so the next pack starts off promising with Karis LeVert. Shout out to Karis LeVert. Kyle Lowry, former NBA champion. Paul Millsap, and then Victor Oladipo. So pack, num- pack number two put together two former All-Stars, three former All-Stars, because Paul Millsap has been there once, and then an up-and-coming player. So not too bad. Not too bad for pack number two. Uh, I'm going to say rigged, because that second pack just <laughs> happened to be significantly better than the first pack. Uh, I'm, I'm up for a good conspiracy theory, and this camera that I'm watching you was not zoomed all the way in, so I can't prove that those cards oh, weren't man. opened. Very much to the frozen envelope of 1984, that pack could have been frozen for all I know. Hey, listen, people benefited from the frozen envelope for sure, and I, I might be the one to benefit from the second pack. <laughs> the second pack. Um, so we have to build our starting five. So I, I would go out on the limb and say that we are starting Kyle Lowry over Quinn Cook. Hopefully you agree with that one. Yeah, I think I could agree with that one. Okay. At the two, we have Victor Oladipo and, I mean, Karis LeVert, two players that were basically traded for each other one way or another. Who, who are you thinking? Okay, so first of all, the NBA in 2021, there is no one through five anymore. I think we put the five best true. players on the floor together that would play together. Right. So let's go Lowry. Yeah. Let's go Levert. Let's go Oladipo. Let's go Bridges. Let's go small. And since we don't have a big Maybe. guy, since we don't have a Maybe big guy, Millsap? I think it's either it's either Millsap or, or Markeith Morris. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I would, I would like... Man, Marcus Morris is having such a good season this year. Is it Marcus oh, Morris or Marcus Morris? On the slight decline. We have Marcus, which is the, the better oh. of the Morris brothers, right? So Yeah, uh, you know. Marcus Morris could play five for me. He's, he's one of my favorite players in the league. So he could play five for me any day. We need someone that's willing to put the other team on their back if they try and get a bunny against us, <laughs> and that man can do it. He's got that. He's got that aspect of his game. So I like our lineup. So we do have Kyle Lowry, Karis LeVert, Victor Oladipo, Mikel Bridges, and Marcus Morris. That's that's not bad. That's not that's a playoff team, a playoff lineup for sure. In the East, we're going to be giving up about 130 <laughs> points a game, but uh, I'm hoping we can score because we got shooters on this team. You know where you can find the rarest cards and the latest box drops? eBay, the one-stop shop for buyers and sellers. Check out the episode description below to find out more about where eBay is rolling out. Uh, Josiah looked a little bit different there, y'all. Um, now nah, y'all know how it goes, man. It's a live show. We, we pressed the wrong button. It's all good. We gonna get to the Josiah segment a little bit later. Shout out to Wad, man. I, I think that was a really good uh, interview. And uh, he gave, he dropped some gems. He dropped some gems. Maybe y'all see that in the future. Before I get back to some, some playoff talk, let me talk to you about a new game from our partners at DraftKings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the DraftKings partner. You feel me? Um, you can win up to $1,000 a day every day during the postseason. Each night before tip-off, select your answer to the questions like, who will score the first basket? Which team will make the most dunks? And then follow along with the actions to see what you win. It's free to enter. Just use the link in the description and put the promo code called game. It's good to say that called game. All capital letters, all one. Don't space it out. Called game. Um, and, and take your shot, man. Take your shot. Shout out to our partners over at DraftKings. 
Uh, let's get to some more topics. More topics. Again, shout out to Wob, man. Wob is a really cool dude. I didn't know what to really expect. And he's like one of the hardest working guys in the industry, for sure. Independent, too. Um, let's talk about Joel Embiid. Because it turns out this man has a slight meniscus tear. I, 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 you can't make it up, man. You can't make it up, bro. For a team that has, like, championship aspirations to... To a team that looked like the best team in the playoffs until, of course, the injuries, or one of the best teams in the playoffs, to have Joel Embiid go down with another injury sucks. And they're talking about day-to-day. Day-to-day on a slight meniscus tear is cap. I don't care what nobody tell me. It's cap. This man is not pro- – he's probably not playing game six. If he plays game six, it is a miracle. It is a Philadelphia miracle if he plays game six. I, I, would, I would go further to say that he might not even play for the rest of the year. And if that is the case, if that is the case, it's another tough blow for the Philly fans, man. And I think for the NBA in general, because like I said, injuries suck. Injuries suck. You want to see players, teams be at a 100% because I hate the what-ifs. I hate the what-ifs. And like the biggest what-if, at least in recent history, is he like Toronto Raptors winning the championship? Whenever you give the Toronto Raptors praise for winning the championship, there's always somebody in the comments, somebody under the tweet saying, well, they had this injury, this injury, this injury, this injury, this injury. Which is, yeah, it's true. It's true. They, they went against some teams that were missing players. Yes. But at the end of the day, they still have to play basketball. You know, if I'm coaching, if I'm Nick Nurse and I'm the Toronto Raptors, I'm going against the, the Warriors without Klay Thompson and uh, Kevin Durant is out. What am I supposed to tell my team? I uh, don't play. As a matter of fact, let's even play a field Kawhi. You can't play tonight. Kyle Lowry, you got to sit out the second half. No, you can only play the teams that you're, that you're, that's in front of you, right? So it, it does suck to see so many injuries happen in the league, especially for Philly, because um, I think Daryl Morey has done an amazing job with this team, man. The one offseason that he had was an amazing offseason, elevating a team that was, yes, pretty good. I mean, they got swept in the playoffs last year. I understand that Ben Simmons didn't play. They got swept in the first round last year to be a team that had the easiest path amongst any top seed to get to the championship. The easiest path. You're going against Washington right now. And honestly, if Joel Embiid doesn't get injured, the series was over the other day. Let's be honest. Shout out to Robin Lopez for the good block on the play, I guess. Um, if, if he's playing, he was unguardable. Look at, look at his advanced stats, his plus-minus in this series. He has been absolutely dominant, right? So if he plays for the rest of this game, it's probably over. And then in the next round, you're probably going against Atlanta. We're going to talk about this series at the end of it, um, maybe going against Atlanta. And they are a more – they are a better team than Atlanta. They have more defenders to throw at Trey Young. You can't tell me in the next round if they go against each other, Trey Young is about to be dropping 40 pieces if he got Matisse Stiver. Well, uh, Trey Young is a different beast, so maybe he will. But it would be tough. It's going to be tougher. And then you get the championship or you get the conference finals and you just go on against uh, Brooklyn or Milwaukee who just beat the hell out of each other. That that series is going seven. Unless the If that series doesn't go six or seven and the Bucks are the winner of it, give them the trophy, bro. If you if you sweep in the Miami Heat and then dealing with three future Hall of Famers, maybe four future Hall of Famers and four or five, give them the championship. But that's the type of trajectory that the Philadelphia 76ers had to the championship. And now with Joel Embiid gone, it's not the same. Without Joel Embiid, they should be able to wrap up the Washington Wizards. They should. Tonight, right? They should be able to do that tonight. The Sims got to hit his free throws. Other people got to step up, but they should be able to get rid of them tonight. And that'll give them a few days, at least a few days between the beginning of the next series. Because, hey, they might be hoping that the Knicks win this game. Because as long as the Knicks keep this series alive, 
As long as the Knicks keep the series alive, that means the Philadelphia 76 get extra time for Joel Embiid to hear uh, to heal. But a meniscus tear seemed like something that needs to be worked on, and not just oh, we gonna send him a, a couple day rehab. He'll be back for game number six. So it's unfortunate. Is this pre-recorded? The answer to your question doesn't. So I mean, we'll see what Joel Embiid does. I'm not Joel Embiid. We'll see what Ben Simmons does. I I do personally like to see when uh, Joel Embiid is out the way Ben Simmons comes with that aggression um, because he doesn't play with that same aggression all the time, but it's, it seems like when Joel Embiid is out, the man is an easy 2010 guy. Um, one of the biggest ones being a game against Utah where he dropped 40 against the Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert. And I know everybody talk about that because maybe Rudy Gobert shouldn't deserve Defensive Player of the Year if a guy that can't score is scoring 40. Um, but I love those type of games. I love those type of games. Let's, let's talk about this Knicks versus Hawks because it's a little animosity going on, man. Shout out to my guy, Pierre, because my boy, Pierre, says it best. Um, he's been quoting, my, my, my cousin, Pierre, has been quoting MJ. The last dance, M- MJ's in the locker room. He's got a baseball bat um, alluding to what's about to come. And he was like, I, I love a person that can talk trash before the game is started. I hate when I'm down and somebody starts to talk because that, that's the difference between a true competitor and somebody out yeah. I think that's an amazing clip for Michael Jordan. And we saw a player that's up 3-1 in the series who hasn't said a single word all year decide he wants to show his chest, oh, man, we the big dogs. We don't send this series home today. And listen, I'm not saying Clicker Fellas wrong for talking trash. I just think there should be a time and a place, and that time should have been, hey, talk your trash before the series started. Oh, we going we gonna to beat this in five. This is a, this is a, what did Brandon Jennings say? Bucks and six. Brandon Jennings, before the series started, he said Bucks and six. Yes, he was wrong, but you've got to respect the fact that he was talking trash to prime LeBron James and said he was going to win in six. Um, you know, things, things like that. So Clickapella comes out and said, yeah, you know, we're going we gonna to keep it here. We're going to the garden. They're going to just be able to taxi home because they see it's about to be over. I like the responses from the Knicks players, though. I love Derrick Rose. Y'all know this. This is no surprise. Um, if I had a Derrick Rose jersey, it would be... I do have a Derrick Rose jersey. It's going to be hung up behind the camera. But what I'm saying is I love the way Derrick Rose um, talks to the media now because this has not always been the way that Derrick Rose has talked to the media. I love the progression from Derrick Rose in front of a camera because I remember him in high school, his first year in co- his only year in college, and then his co- first couple years here in Chicago, he hated the camera. He absolutely hated the camera, and I don't blame him. I don't blame him. But nowadays, he's like, man, I've never talked trash in my life, so I don't really care what Clint Capella says. And then Julius Randle's like, hey, it's Click Appella. Why should I care? And I hope that Julius Randle takes that and he has a dominant game. And then I guess it was a media guy that came out with R.J. Barrett and asked him, all right, if your season ends today, how would you look at it? R.J. Barrett's like, bro, we're not talking about if my season ended today. And hopefully it doesn't. I want to see the series. I thought the series was going to be better than a 4-1. I thought it was going to be better than a 4-1. So hopefully, if I'm rooting for somebody, it's for Derrick Rose to drop a 25. Julius Randle will come out with a 30, 10, and 7. And RJ to finally hit his threes. I think they need to make some changes to their starting lineup, though. I, I do think they need to change the starting lineup. Before we get to some of the last topics, we're going to finally get to the Josiah thing. Because, again, Josiah's one of the coolest guys. I had no idea that he was going to come into the studio and be, what, 6'7", six, 6'8"? Six, I know he hooped at, at UCLA, but I didn't expect him to be like that. And that's why I love that we do, we do these shows in chairs, because me being 5'7", you can't really tell that there's a huge difference. You can tell there's a difference, but not a huge difference if you did not know. Um, Josiah's father played for the Milwaukee Bucks in the day, and now he's doing commentary. He's one of the best in the game. But he's not just known for being a player. He was known to be one of the greater players in the league and got a sneaker. So let's get to Josiah talking about his pop sneakers. What a good conversation. Let's get to it. Ain't no stopping me when you know that I call Jay. 
here on Call Game, we're a fan of basketball, sneakers, and trading cards. Are you? I'm guessing you're a sneakerhead, at least to some extent. I never really got good sneakers as a kid. My parents, I had my dad had a lot of kids, so we had a lot of different hands mm-hmm. in the pot. But I've always respected sneakers, and I've definitely been a trading card dude since the '80s. Word, word. So we're gonna show you something. We want you to open these and tell me if these bring back any memories, any reactions, or anything. Let's see what we got in here. Oh, yeah. I think my these were my pops had these joints to be real with you. Yep. Yep, the top tens. Like top so tens. he so he was um he kinda he hurt his neck when I was a little kid. So he he wasn't I didn't get to see him play as much. So I used to always think he was washed until I started watching highlights in my older life. But knowing he had like a shoe deal and all the stuff, because we, we'd have these just laying around the crib. Mm. And I remember even wearing them in like junior high. Like he would have just random shit, jerseys. Like we would wear his Clippers jerseys, his all. So we just did a video for his uh, 65th birthday, Duncan. And he's wearing his jersey. But I used to wear that as a kid. And it was snug on me. <laughs> so, yeah, um, for the people at home, the story behind these, Adidas dropped these uh, in the late 70s. And they're called top 10 because they gave it to their top 10 Adidas athletes. And your pops was one of them, yeah. which is which is crazy. I mean, this is a, a silhouette that will live forever. Like, it's one of the premier early stages basketball sneaker. And it, it lives even to this day in certain portions of the country, like Detroit, rock with these heavily. Really? I, I don't really understand why. I mean, I'm not. It's a it's an amazing shoe, of course, but something about Detroit and this sneaker just go hand in hand. Yeah. And uh, when I was a kid, I wanted a pair of these, kind of unrelated to the basketball. I just think that the way it looks was fire, you know. So we we thought it'd be cool if you unbox a pair of your pop sneaks and. Let me. Yeah, these are this this brought back memories. We went back down memory lane with this one, but. Yeah, knowing it's funny because I think he was one of the first dudes to get like a million dollar contract. But oh it's like God. I got so many brothers and sisters now. It's like I, I'm gonna be a working man for the rest of my life. But knowing the, like the way like Michael Jordan, like I don't know if you saw the lab. I'm sure you did saw the Last Dance. But he's got the poster at mm-hmm. his at his college dorm. So we're looking at my dad. Like, were you really that good? Because like I'm giving you buckets now. It's like a 13, 14 year old. He got the janky hip. He had you know the janky neck too. But I'm going at him like you know busting his ass in one on one. And it's like you were an NBA player, dog. I don't I don't I don't know if I believe it. But seeing the old tape and seeing the way that dude's like he's got this video of, like him blocking Kareem's shot or mm. him you know the way of, you know like dudes like Bernard King will talk about going up against him and just the battles they had. For me, it's like, yo, this dude, this dude was really the, the the shit. Like, wow. I feel like we always underrate our pops, at, at some extent. Like, my dad's the hardest worker ever. But when I was young, I ain't really think about it like that. You know right. what I'm saying? But now, once I hit adulthood and I see, like, I remember him waking up at two in the morning to go to work and then coming back at five p.m. I'm like, oh snap, pops is really about that grind. Yeah. Um, in a few days, we have Matt Barnes and his boys on, and I wonder how they look at their dad if it's similar to the way like NBA fans look at their dad you know I think you know, growing up with a pops who played in the league it was tough because it was that was that was your normal right that was it was never you know it was nothing for us I remember he finished his career with the, the Golden State Warriors and, and MJ came to town but we get taken into the locker room to go meet MJ that wasn't I'm just saying I'm not trying to stun or brag but that was like a normal experience like we're hanging out with Chris Mullen we live in the same gated community like Chris Mullen he, I don't think he had kids at that point I want to say his wife was pregnant with like their first child this was in like 89 but he's taking us to the gym to go get jumpers up so we're literally an oracle by ourselves shooting with you know shagging rebounds for Chris Mullen like and that's just like I go back and think now like holy shit like that was like 
like, you know, legendary. That's like big, this dude, yeah. this dude, and just to see even the way he like talks about my pops, because my pops was a, was a shadow of himself after his neck injury. But to see the way that these dudes and Don Nelson was coaching the squad at that point, but to see the way these dudes looked at him and revered him and just the respect they had for him. And I'm looking like, they only averaging like six points a game. Like you're not like you're not the business, dog. But it's an amazing thing, and to know that he had Adidas. Literally, you know, was on the roster giving them shoes, and, and yeah, that's a, that's a legendary thing. It really is. It really is. Rare retro, latest release, all on eBay, all backed by the authenticity guarantee. And if you're a seller out there, there is a zero fee for a hundred dollar plus sneakers, all on eBay. Shout out to eBay out there. I just did some shit with eBay, so shout out to eBay as well. Appreciate you guys. I hope that bag is in transit. <laughs> Don't make me fight you. <laughs> Shout out Josiah, man. What what a great see. We got some underneath that I don't know if y'all ready for, man. Josiah was another great time guest, so shout out to him. Go follow him. I mean, you probably already do. He's one of the kings of NBA Twitter. Meme after meme after meme. But before I get y'all out of here, because I know we got games to get to, because we got four a four game slate. But I don't even want to talk about those. Everybody's been asking about my opinions on the only the only second round series that is set in stone. Actually started this weekend, which is a fast turnaround. But I did. We have Bucks versus Nets. Like I said earlier, this might be the conference finals, especially if Joel is down. This is probably, this might be the series of the year. Because I believe these two teams match up so well. That's the fight. This is the fight between an organically grown, drafted, small market team versus a team with a lot of money and friendship and, and max contracts. That's what we're about to see. And boy, 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 do I want to see the organic team win. I don't even go last year. I love KD. I love Kyrie. I love James Harden. I don't want any of that to get confused here. But I would love to see the organic small market team walk out on top. There's something about Goliath going down. And in this case, Brooklyn is Goliath. I ain't looked at the odds just yet, but I would go out on a limb and say that Brooklyn is the favorite in this series. Maybe not a heavy favorite, but I would say they're probably the favorite in this series for good reason. They got one of the greatest scores. They got three of the greatest scorers of all time. <laughs> one of the greatest playmakers of all time. The greatest handle of all time. And a coach that's one of the greatest point guards of all time. It's just a superstar studded roster here. But there's a, there's a thing about them. There's a team that struggles to get stops. They're, they're a team that struggles to get stops. But also, we've seen they can get stops when it matters the most. Right? But in a series like this with the Milwaukee Bucks... Every, every possession matters the most. Because for, if that's the team we see, if the, this Milwaukee Bucks team is that nice and that series against Miami, because I've been trying to have this, this conversation with myself, trying to figure out, were the Heat Buns or the Bucks really, really about that this year? And I guess we'll find out in the next series. The Bucks are a team, if they are about that, Brooklyn cannot afford to take many possessions off at all. And one thing that, I know this is going to seem weird, one thing that might be a big determining factor is whether or not Jeff Green is able to play. Jeff Green is one of the, the only players on his roster that might be able to make it a little bit difficult for a guy like Giannis. We're going to see Giannis guard KD. We're going to see KD guard Giannis, hopefully. That's, that's going to be great. Like last year, two years in a row, Giannis won Defensive Player of the Year. And he won that by being an amazing help defender, being everywhere, but not being that one-on-one lockup guy that you may want from your, uh, your defense player of the year. 
in the playoffs this round against Miami, he was that guy. He got some Jimmy Butler assignments, and he made it impossible for Jimmy Butler shot 20-something percent from the field in the series. Entire se- Jimmy Butler had the lowest plus-minus of anybody in this whole series. The star player. ESPN had Jimmy Butler as a top-10 player coming into the season. He averaged 12 points in the series, bro. A lot of that is because of Giannis. A lot of that is because of P.J. Tucker. A lot of that is because Drew Holiday. They have so many pieces that they can throw at the big three of the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie and James Harden are going to see significantly better defenders than they just saw in that first round. And I, that might be one of the, one of the reasons why, because I know everybody loves a good prediction, I might say Bucks in seven. I might say Bucks in seven. Yes, KD's going to have a game. James Harden's going to have a game. Kyrie's going to have a game. They're going to have games together. But I do believe the offense of the Bucks is real, and I don't believe the defense of the Brooklyn Nets is real. But I'm excited to see. Y'all know around here, I may give a prediction because that's what people like. But it don't matter. I just want a good series. Don't be a four series, bro. Don't be a four. If it's a four-game series, either way, I'm, I'm done. I'm upset. Because the playoffs ain't living up to the, to the hype. Not living up to the hype at all. We'll see how things go, man. I, I, this is going to be a very watched series. Because I, I believe, depending on what Joel Embiid is, the team that wins this is going to the championship. I do believe that. Dep- again, depending, depending on Joel Embiid. Kevin Durant's one of the greatest playoff scorers of all time, and we're going to see that. Kyrie Irving was 50-40-90. We're going to see that. James Harden just became, I think, the only player in Brooklyn Nets playoff history to get a triple-double. So even though I'm picking the Bucks, we all know it could go either way, bro. It could go either way. It could go either way. Uh, man, I appreciate y'all coming out to the first official live episode of Called Game. Um, this is a test. And it seems like you guys enjoyed it. Maybe leave a like. Let me know if you enjoyed it. Can I get some W's in the chat, potentially? I don't, I don't know. Before we wrap up, just some, some W's in the chat so I can lead y'all to this first game. Um, I, before we get out, I, I want to remind you to subscribe if this is your first time on this channel. Um, Call Game is something that I have dreamed about doing. We got a great production team behind us. And it is, again, an independent project. And with that, we are testing things every single week. So I appreciate people that have tweeted at me, that have hit me in the DMs and giving constructive criticism about how we could potentially improve the show. This live idea was something I brought to the team because I just like talking basketball. And we just did that for an entire hour, you know, solo. It's the first time I've done a, a, a show like this solo. Um, so I'm very curious to, to your response to it. We appreciate you. Leave a like, everybody that's in the live right now, leave it a like, baby. Go check out our secondary channel. We have a channel for clips. Uh, because I know that some people don't like the long-winded one-hour interviews, which I understand. You know, the, the attention span. Y'all be watching TikToks. It's like a minute. It's like a minute long. So if you want shorter versions of our content, when I have Thaddeus Young, and you want to hear about Thaddeus Young when he got his first paycheck. You want to hear about Metal World Peace when he was in the, the studio with Dr. Dre. We have those on our second channel. And we also have other exclusive content. You know, eBay is the sponsor of this segment, of this show. Shout out to them. But we got other shows with eBay on Cold Game Clips that we'd love for y'all to check out. I've been having a lot of fun with that. Um, yeah, follow us on Twitters, on Instagram. And I see all the W's in the chat, baby. We love you. We love you. Now go watch some basketball. Go watch some basketball because that's what I'm about to do. Peace out. We'll see you next week.